Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Shots. I'm Bree. And I'm Nikki. And this is a very special case. It was recommended by a fan. <laughs> this is Brandon Dwayne Bow. I have not heard this. If this is pronounced differently, I apologize. <laughs> I feel like you say that all the time. Because I never say anything correctly. It's like I completely skipped that part of school. So... It's whatever. We're going to go with, yeah, that. Okay. Melissa and Aaron Bow were married August 26, 1990 after graduating from Oklahoma Panhandle State University. Never heard of this place. I have never heard of that. Right. I hadn't either. But I didn't really look too much into it because it's not, it's not important to the story. Okay. They had their first child, Megan, in 91 or 92. And then they had Brandon in October of 93. So, at the time, the Bows were living in a suburb of Austin. So, everybody familiar with where we're at right now? Yep. Good. Aaron noticed a child care posting on a message board at the, at the entrance of the neighborhood. Okay? Just one day, mm-hmm. he notices this posting. On the posting, it, it I mean, it basically said, child care services, blah, 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 contact Kathy Henderson. Okay? Okay. So, Kathy just lived a couple of blocks down from the bows. Okay. So, she was in the neighborhood. She's just right down there. So, they contact her to go and look and look into it. Because they need child care for... They have two small children. Okay. So, Kathy was born in 56. So, by this time, she's like 37. She was originally from Missouri, but moved to Texas after high school with her mom. So, in 93, she was running a daycare out of her home in Austin. So, she was a Christian woman. She held a home daycare certificate from the state of Texas. They describe her as having a bubbly personality and had the most immaculate house to have a daycare in. So, the Bow family just loved it. And they made the decision that it would be the perfect place to put their two babies. I can see where this is going. No, no, no. You have hmm. no idea where this is going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Kathy... Obviously became Megan and Brandon's babysitter, caregiver, daycare provider. I don't know. Then, four months later, on January 21st, 1994, Melissa went to Kathy's to pick up her babies and finds no one there. Oh my god. There's nobody there. Nobody. So, of course, Melissa starts calling everybody that she can think of to figure out where they're gone, where they've gone to, right? Right. She finally gets a hold of Kathy's husband, who said that Kathy had probably taken the kids shopping or something, and she would be back soon. Okay. I mean, I've seen home daycares, and I don't really think that they just go shopping, but I guess if she didn't have too many kids, 
then... Well, you don't go shopping whenever you know somebody, a parent, is coming to pick up their child. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, you know. So, later that night, Kathy's husband shows up at the Bo's house with Megan, their two-year-old daughter, and said that Megan had been left with a relative of his, and he had no idea where Kathy or baby Brandon were. Like, they were gone. Wow. So, naturally, Melissa and Aaron start to panic and start contacting everybody that they can to try to find out what's happening, where's their baby, what's going on, right? Right. This goes on for a little while, like a couple of days. And then America's Most Wanted picks up on the story and broadcasts it to try to get tips. So, I know we have a lot of international listeners. Hello. (laughs) America's Most Wanted was a show on Fox that aired from 88 to 2012. And they did reenactments of crimes and stuff with, like, actors. And they just provided details to try to find missing people or fugitives and stuff like that. That's the best way to describe it, right? Absolutely. Alright. So, of course... The FBI gets a tip after watching the show, which leads them to an apartment in, guess where? Tell me. Missouri. Missouri. Remember, I told you that's where she's from. Yeah, but... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So, they go to the apartment, and they find Kathy. Oh. But not Brandon. Oh. So, she tells them all kinds of stuff, and it's just, like, all over the world, like, blah, blah, blah. And she later says in a written statement to the FBI that she had been trying to answer the phone when Brandon pushed... She was holding Brandon when she tried to answer the phone, and Brandon pushed against her and fell out of her arms into the floor. And she said that she couldn't revive him, so she panicked, wrapped his body in a blanket, and put him in a cardboard box and buried him in Waco. Waco? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On her way to Missouri? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the first thing she says. Oh. Uh, she says she doesn't know why she ran. She was horrified and she didn't know what to do. So, after her arrest, uh, she wouldn't tell the authorities where the body was. Like, all she said was that she buried him in Waco. And they searched all over the place and could not find anything. However, apparently, Kathy drew a map of how to get there for her lawyers. Okay. The lawyers would not turn over the map. Is that legal? Yeah, it's. It's client, it's like client confidentiality. Well, so the authorities get a court order and they are forced to turn over the map. (laughs) Tell me that's not crazy. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, now it slapped her. So the map's finally turned over and the authorities find baby Brandon. So Brandon had been buried near an oat field between two elm trees along a gravel path known as Shortcut Road. About 60 miles from his hometown of Pflugerville. He had been wrapped in a yellow trimmed white blanket and stuffed in a Bartles and James wine coolers box and taped (gasps) shut. Stuffed in a wine coolers box? Yeah, like you know those, like you get the boxes that have like that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and it was taped shut. Wow. So the autopsy revealed that baby Brandon's head was shattered. And it said in the autopsy report, when a child is born, their skulls are still soft. It's a trait that aids in the childbirth, and there is a soft spot on the skull that eventually closes over. Because the bone has a rubbery texture to it, it's almost impossible to crack. The cracks in his skull were so extensive that they almost encircled the skull 
and there was about a two-inch circular piece of the at the back that had been pushed in with radiating lines to about a four-inch diameter, and the bone in between the inner and outer circle had been fragmented. The coroner stated that the amount of force to cause that much damage would be equivalent of being hit with a baseball bat. The only thing he could theorize that could cause that much damage is that she grabbed him by the ankles, swung him like a hammer, and slammed his head into a hard object like a concrete floor repeatedly. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Kathy's statement to the FBI and the coroner's report don't exactly match up. Don't exactly. They're a little different. No, not exactly. Right. So, Melissa and Aaron, Brandon's parents, decide that the best course of action is to just go ahead and seek the death penalty. I would say so. On February 9th, 1994, Kathy was charged with capital murder. The trial was held in May of 95. During the trial, the amount of information that comes out on this woman is absolutely remarkable. All right. Her real name is Kathy Stone. Oh, her real name? Uh-huh. Well, okay. okay. I'm read. Her maiden name. Okay. Okay. She grew up poor with her mother. Her mom used to bring men in and out of her life constantly. They're not even sure exactly how many kids her mom has. Her kids were often left alone, uh, sometimes for days at a time, and Kathy took care of all of them. So they moved around a lot, mainly so her mother could avoid bill collectors and social workers. They had evidence that the kids were beaten on a regular basis. Kids that attended different schools with them, with those kids, said that it was common for them to show up with makeup on to cover bruises. Eventually, around the age of 12, when Kathy was about 12, they made their way to an old hotel in Trenton, Missouri. And that's where her mother started working at a bar. And Kathy worked at a restaurant at age 12. When she was 15, her mother ran off with her youngest sister in the middle of the night and didn't tell anybody. And at the, by this time, her brothers had gone to live with their father. And Kathy never knew who her father was. So she went into foster care and bounced around in the foster care system. When she graduated from high school, she took the test to join the Navy, but failed. Oh. So she got in touch with her mother and moved to Texas with her. But then her mother ran off again, leaving her alone. Then when she was 20, she got pregnant. Her boyfriend at the time wanted her to get an abortion. Kathy didn't want to, so she moved to Austin to live with a church that housed unwed women. Unwed mothers, sorry. Right. Okay. She ended up getting a job at a factory and then ended up marrying the supervisor and had another kid. Uh, but that marriage didn't work out. She was fired from her job for punching a co-worker. Oh. Mm -hmm. Then uh, word of her own abuse on her kids started getting around. So her parental rights were terminated from her first child. And then when she assaulted her husband with a knife, he divorced her and took their kid with him. Mm -hmm. So she lost custody of that kid as well. After that, Kathy developed a history of public intoxication, drug use, shoplifting, driving under the influence, you name it. Wow. Then in 93... She remarried and had another daughter, and that's when she opened the daycare service. How does someone with that history open a daycare? Mm -hmm. The certificate that she showed the bows was never signed. Oh. So it's, it wasn't real. Oh. But they didn't... I mean, they're in this, like, super clean house that's just a couple of blocks down from them. She's, you know, portraying herself to be this, like, good Christian woman. So, I mean, they didn't question it. You know what I mean? They're just... Right. And 
what was the phrase that Melissa used? Something like, something like she could sell, I don't know, it's, it's a common phrase. I don't remember. Like, she could sell dirt to outsiders. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Like, she could sell books to a librarian type? Yeah, that's, I mean, but that's not, that's not exactly what she said. But right. Yeah, but something like that. Okay. Like, she was just so, yeah. Anyway, um, the Bows didn't know about any of this history until the trial. Oh, wow. So they had no idea that she even had previous kids that had been taken away. They didn't know about her upbringing and nothing. So, there was testimony during the trial from a lady named Linda Bradshaw. Linda often took care of Melissa, one of Kathy's daughters, and actually eventually ended up adopting her later on. But Linda talked about uh, a time that Kathy called and told Linda to go get Melissa and said, if you don't, then I'm just going to leave her on somebody else's doorstep. Wow. And then Melissa said things got worse when Kathy moved to a town just outside of College Station called Hearn. Oh. Uh-huh. I don't know where that's at. <laughs> uh-huh. And said that things got really bad. She, they basically lived in what's considered a drug house. And oftentimes her daughter would sleep outside in the doghouse so that she could mm-hmm. avoid everything that was going on inside the house. And said that she was beat on a regular basis. So uh, she said that a man named Robert Moore had frequently passed through, which he actually testified at the trial about an incident when, I guess, Kathy shot up meth in front of her daughter and then proceeded to, like, smack her around. Oh my gosh. So, like, he testified against Kathy in court. It was actually the same year that that happened that Melissa was put in foster care. She was seven. And then, after that, that's when Linda Bradshaw brought her in and adopted her. So, but they testified in court that Kathy would, she still wouldn't leave them alone. Like, she was always bothering them, always stopping by. Um, Melissa, her daughter, testified that one time Kathy told her, that she would have a kid of her own one day and she would do everything in her power to take that child away from her so she would know how it felt. Her next husband, the one that she would be currently married to at trial, didn't know anything about any of this. Nothing. Nothing about any of it. I I think he said that he was aware that she used drugs occasionally, but never at home and never around the kids. Never around his, his daughter, anyway. So, Kathy's story changed several times even during the trial she these are some of the things she said she dropped brandon off in missouri uh then she said she didn't know where he was then she said his grandma had him she said he slipped while she was answering the phone then she said he was cranky and she was swinging him around to try to calm him down then she said he flew out of her hands and hit the bottom of the garage and she said she did try cpr for over an hour and because she couldn't fix it there was no point in calling 911 Okay. There's just so many things. Because she's a nurse. Just like she... She's a child... She's into child care yeah. that was never signed for. Right. Uh-huh. So, I mean, being the upstanding citizen that she is, uh, the jury convicted Kathy of capital murder of an infant. Good. The state's biggest piece of evidence was not even that stuff I just told you. It was the fact that Kathy fled to Missouri, her burying the body instead of calling 911, and the medical examiner's testimony who said that the head trauma was greater than one might expect had he accidentally been dropped. Right? Right. So, Kathy was sentenced to death. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's, that's bad that I... <laughs> sentenced to death. Ooh. Mm. I mean, that's what we do here. If you kill us, we will kill you back. 
Mm-hmm. Kathy's husband, Warren, just in case you're wondering what his name was, and her youngest daughter, Jennifer, visited her every other week for 12 years. 12 years. Mm-hmm. Jennifer was really, really young when everything first happened. So her mm-hmm. father told her when they would visit her that she was at a hospital and the glass between them was to keep out germs. Oh. She eventually figured it out. <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> so Kathy appealed in 2002 but was denied. And she was scheduled for execution uh, April 18th, 2007. So in May of 2007, like right before her execution, Kathy, what? You said her execution was April. She was scheduled for execution April 18th, 2007. Oh, she was scheduled in April. Right. But in May, she received a reprieve. So her execution was postponed. The original medical examiner, Dr. Bayardo, Bayardo, Bayardo. Anyway, said that he could no longer say for sure if the injuries were accidental or intentional. Which, in the first trial, he said Brandon was thrown against a flat, unknown surface with enough force to shatter the base of his skull. Okay? But not Mm -hmm. only did he retract his statement, they found two other doctors to support this new theory, saying that research shows low-speed impacts could cause significant skull fractures in children. What? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Kathy's sentence was overturned in December of 2012 based on new scientific discoveries related to head injuries, meaning she would go back to trial, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have questions? Not right now. Okay. On June 12th, 2013, Kathy waived her right to a second trial and pled guilty to first-degree murder. What? Mm-hmm. She took a plea deal. She yeah, was, so you got a lighter... I got you. Right, so she was yeah. sentenced to 25 years and time served, meaning at the mm. time she could be out in four years. Right. Right. So on June 25th, which is a few days later, after she waives her right and she's sentenced, right? Mm-hmm. June 25th, Kathy's taken to the hospital because she's having trouble breathing and she was diagnosed with pneumonia. <laughs> uh, while she was in the hospital, she had a stroke. Oh my God. And after about a month in the hospital, she died. At age 58. That's it. That's all I have she did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Bows ended up having a couple more kids. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so. That's awful. Yeah. I feel bad for those parents. I mean, he was, like, just a few months old. So, so sad. Because he was born in I October. Would like... And they hired her in January. And then... Three months later, so four, five, six, seven. He was seven months old when she killed him. Hmm. I would just, I've said this many times. If when, when Gavin was in daycare, I would have murdered someone if I had ever mm-hmm. heard or saw that he was being mistreated in any way. Mm-hmm. So well, I can't imagine. The family said that in the four months that he was there, that both of their kids were there, there was nothing. They never had any issues. Like, it was, like, perfect. Yeah. There's something wrong with her, though. I mean, if she, for her, did she just snap? I mean, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't, listen, here's my thing. It doesn't matter if she did it on purpose or if he accidentally fell. Uh, the second she doesn't call somebody for help, then Done. that's murder. Done. But they say 
you never know how you're going to react till you're in the situation and people react differently. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to, you know, run away to Missouri. I can, I can, I can be like, I'm 99% positive that that's not how I would react. But, I mean, I guess you never. I'm with you on that. I mean, if it's a situation like, you know, I like walked in and caught my husband cheating and I beat them both to death with a baseball bat, I maybe wait a while. <laughs> I maybe not do anything for a little while. Mm-hmm. May, may, I might call you be like Nikki listen what I did <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> but I'm, I'm not but not really <laughs> I'm just saying kidding but not really <laughs> so yeah I mean and her I mean her daughter was a pretty big advocate for well it's crazy because she had one daughter that testified against her in court and said that she's crazy, she should never be allowed to take care of children. And then you had her other daughter that was literally like, please let my mom come home. So, I mean, I guess people can change, but... But... Not really. People can change. I mean, I agree, they can. But then, when something happens, and then you don't contact anybody for help, maybe you didn't change at all. Maybe it's a problem. Maybe it was a fluke. I don't know. I don't even know what to think about it, but I don't like this lady. To be honest with you, I don't like her. No. And I think that the whole situation was kind of taking too long. And then when she was possibly going to be released, God was like, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm not going to let that happen. Taking you, <laughs> we're pulling you from the game." I think God benched her. <laughs> I'm just going to pull you. I'm benching you. Mm-hmm. I'm benching you. Exactly. But anyway, so poor baby Brandon. Yeah, that's awful. Poor baby. I just, I, f- I know. I feel bad for, for Brandon. And but... then when I was reading this, I just kept thinking, I guess at least they weren't there being tortured for years and years. True. But I just, I can't even imagine what the family must be, must have gone I mean, through. those poor parents. Mm-hmm. Like, like, how do you not just go over there and smack her around a little bit? That's what I'm saying. Like, if anybody ever did something... I don't know. I I'm, I would go to jail. I would go to jail for murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I w- well, I, I mean, I'll probably be there with you. He's my nephew. I do love him. <laughs> but I w- I told you could call me because I will accept your call and I will help you with whatever you need. Oh, that's awful. I got your back. And same thing goes for my kids and my other nephew and the other ones. Oh, there's so many of them. There's so many. <laughs> there's so many children. <laughs> there's so, so many. And then there's just more just popping up. Man, oh man. That's a sad story. Yeah. That's that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Good. Mm-hmm. No updates from you? Nope. No. Alright, this is awkward. Okay, I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here we go. On to the next.